Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Alex Richwagon, your host, and today we're going to go over a very well-known restaurant, Darden Restaurants, who's been on a tear over the last 12 to 18 months, and today we'll deep, we'll deep into a few other aspects that we haven't gone to before. There was a hostile takeover of the company by a, by a hedge fund activist called Starboard Value. We also need to look into a new metric that we haven't seen before that is specific to restaurants and could actually spell uh, good information for retail as well. So that's today's show. Let's go ahead and get started. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Alex Richwagon, your host. My show focuses on identifying a long-term strategy in pursuit of growth and dividends to be better off financially, making life easier. I'm here to help walk you through this journey with an effective and affordable way to invest. Put this podcast and my book together to help others. If you guys have questions or comments, feel free to send me an email into alex.richwagon at gmail.com. That's G-E-N on the end of richwagon at gmail.com. Or go ahead and visit my website at alexrichwagon.com. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we actually are going to look at a new company today. A new segment that we haven't looked at yet. This is a restaurant. And the restaurant is Darden. Darden is a very well-known brand that has many, I'll say, well-known restaurants underneath it as far as their core catalyst. Restaurants like Olive Garden, Longhorn Steakhouse, Bahama Breeze a few others, and most recently an acquisition that we've got to pay attention to called Cheddar's Scratch Kitchen. The acquisition took back took place back in April of this year, and we're going to see what that means to their brand and what it means to their financials as well. So those are some of the other wrinkles, um, along with talking about that hostile takeover I mentioned at the top of the show, that we need to dive into and really to understand the entire view of Darden, Internet, Darden Restaurants. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Today's uh, show is going to be laid out in traditional sense. We're going to go through a three-step approach, and then we're going to go ahead and tackle some of those other issues. The first step is we're going to look at the high-level picture of the company in Google Finance and look at the stock symbol. The next one, we're going to go to Finviz. That's F-I-N-V-I-Z.com. That gives us a lot of really good fundamental and technical analysis, which means we're looking at the company's financial statements and the ratios, and then how has the company been trading over the past 12 months. That's the technical angle. The third one, we're going to look into the company's investor relations section to see what they've been highlighting, how their earnings call went. And then we're going to look at a few other items this week as because it really paints the picture of the entire view of Darden Restaurants is that hostile takeover, why it happened and what it means. And then, more importantly, we're going to look at a metric that we've never looked at before that's called same-store growth percentage. Let's go to step one. Step one is Google Finance, our high-level overview of the company, and just to see how is this company trending over the past, I don't know, 6 to 12 months, their growth spurts, Company's trading just under $90 a share. Uh, dividend ratio is just under 3%. 
their price to earnings ratio is around 23 and if I look at their previous year which is a lagging indicator of the price to earnings ratio the company has grown almost 50% in the past 12 months that's pretty significant so you can see why their price to earnings ratio which again is a it's a gauge on how a company is trading at versus the market overall market overall is trading at around a 17 to 18 price to earnings ratio Darden's commanding a premium at just over 23 price to earnings but it's well supported because of the fact they've grown almost 50% in the past 12 months their beta metric that we talked about a few weeks back is a measure of risk one is the standard industry average. They're trading at P, uh, the beta is 0.28, which means it's very, very low risk and safe. Institutional ownership around 97% means it's very heavily owned across all owners. And then what about their market cap? Market cap's around 11 billion, which is pretty high for a restaurant chain itself, making it one of the biggest chains across the United States today. When I look below, Google does have some valuations and some financial metrics that we don't always uh, we'll see some of this on Finviz and some of it we won't. If I look at some of their other information here down on the bottom, which gives me some really cool little um, information here, talked about that dividend ratio, their long-term debt to assets, return on equity, return on investment. They've returned well on their investment over the past uh, 12 months. Their profit margins are right in line with industry averages. There are a couple outliers. I'm going to get down here, which are almost four times the amount. So a couple bigger names that have bigger gross, gross profit margins, which means they charge a much higher price, is items that really wouldn't surprise you, like Del Frisco's, um, One Group Hospitality. That's another fancier, fancier steak name. And then Ruth Chris is in there as well. Their uh, gross profit margins are a little bit less um, than those two, but that's the only thing that kind of sticks out when I look at across the uh, across the board. But um, something that if you scroll all the way to the right, Darden Internet Darden Restaurants. I want to say international. They're not international, but Darden Restaurants is uh, their net income is heavily above all their peers, which is a really really good sign as far as health and and the overall company itself. Debt to assets ratio, we talked about that's 17. I would expect that to be at a decent range because of that that acquisition they talked about earlier with the Cheddar's acquisition, which we'll get into a little bit more information. Let's go ahead and so that's step one. So far, I mean everything's passed, I would say, to common sense. It's not trading at a ridiculous price to earnings. It's got a low beta, which means low risk. This, this so far, uh, everything passes, I would say, the, your common sense test. Step two, let's go to Finviz, F-I-N-V-I-Z.com. Again, we start out with the technical analysis. We see it's been trading in a head and shoulders upwards trend um, ever since. I would say that the trend really started in December of consistent, constant growth. That's a good sign. So when I start looking down below at some of the other ratios, I do see their forward price-earning guidance is a little bit less than their current guidance. I don't know if that's something we really want to pay attention to. It's alarming. Something just to notate. Their the quick ratio, again, this should be lower because they just went through a very 
large, substantial acquisition, I would expect this ratio to be lower because of that acquisition. It's It's a quick ratio is basically their total assets divided by their total liabilities. As a sign of health, you want a positive ratio there because that means the company is carrying more assets and liabilities. This is trading at 0.5. Um, scrolling to the right, I see some of their margins. Some gross margins around 21%. Operating profit margins are just under 10%. Those are fine. Dividend payout ratio. This is something that we've talked about before. They don't always include it in the FinViz numbers. I had to actually grab it from, from somewhere else. Dividend payout ratio is something that, it's a sign of health. Is the company paying out too much of their net income in dividends? Um, a good ratio is something like under 0.5. A uh, risky ratio is above 0.55. Really bad is around 0.75 and up. Their dividend payout ratio is around is at 0.57 as of May of this year. That's probably the first um, flag, red flag that I've seen is their dividend payout ratio is a little bit higher. But given the fact that they paid out a lot of assets and as well as net income on that acquisition, this might come out to be a little bit higher. But over the next 12 months, it might recede a little bit because Darden has had a very steady growth of dividends and increasing that dividends over history. So we'll kind of take that with a, a grain of salt, if you will. And that's a, that's a, the first kind of red flag that we've seen other than the forward price earnings ratio of 18.26. The reason why that's important, the forward PDE, is if they're expressing guidance, um, guidance to analysts, guidance to shareholders, that they're expecting slower growth over the next 12 months. The stock could start to peel back or start to uh, start to stable off and maybe won't see as much growth, and that's where that dividend comes in as far as a steady instrument. Just something to notate. Not a whole lot of really, really strong flags there. And then when I scroll down to the bottom, looking at some of their analyst recommendations, they do show sector performance, which they're, they're, they're basically saying that the, the stock is trading in the average range where they should right now. And it's probably reflected because of that, that forward price to earnings ratio of just of being about, let's see, five, about 20% less than their current price to earnings ratio. So just something to keep in mind. We're kind of going through each one of these pieces of the puzzle. The next one we want to go on to, actually before we go to step three, which is the investment the investment section of Darden, the, the one piece I wanted to kind of bring up because it precedes that area was same-store sales and why they matter. Same-store sales, I found this really good article um, kind of that could explain it very well on why it's important for restaurants. And it's on uh, Investopedia. That's Investopedia. Kind of not like Wikipedia, but Investopedia. And it's really important because it talks about points of analysis for management of retail chains for investors and evaluating um, a chain's current and likely future performance. So they use the same store sales as a metric to determine effectiveness of the management and that's actually producing under these chains about producing revenue growth on 
existing assets instead of acquiring new assets. So for instance, like for this, for their purposes, they acquired Cheddar's. So that's an acquisition. That means they're going to experience higher sales because naturally they acquired an asset. What analysts are looking for is making future decisions regarding existing stores versus new locations because increases or decreases in same store sales commonly result in they're, they're because they're gaining more customers, they've increased their prices, which means increases their margins, or maybe they've had changes to um, the items that they're selling as well, which could positively impact the bottom line. So that's kind of like the nuts and bolts of a metric that I want to introduce because upon researching and digging it further, that's a really important analyst metric that we need to pay attention to. Same store sales on Investopedia. I'll include the link on the, um, the podcast page once I publish this. All right, so throwing a lot of information at you. The last bite we're going to hit here is we're going to actually hit the investor relations section of Darden and say, how did their earnings call go when they had to talk to the analysts last month at the end of June? The first thing that they highlight literally um, within literally page three of their, their slide deck, which is what they went over in their conference call, which you listened to, was their same, same restaurant sales growth. They highlighted two of them of how they had the highest increases, which was Olive Garden and Longhorse at Longhorn, just at under 5%, which is significant in the restaurant industry. And they also highlighted the Cheddar's acquisition, which has also had just over 1% sales growth in the five weeks ending May 28th, uh, 2017, which brings it up from the last quarter. These the, the reason why I brought that up is, again, it's significant. Are they growing their core brand? Are they growing anything else that's not just from their previous highlights? And when I look at their 2017 numbers on page 8, Remember I highlighted Olive Garden and Longhorn of having the biggest sales growth. Overall, across all the Darden Enterprise, they had same-store sales growth around 2%. Well, that might not seem like a lot, but if you remember back when we were looking at Darden sales, Darden sales on Finviz, their sales last year were $7.17 billion. So if you add 2% to that, now you can see a significant increase on why that same store sales growth is such an important metric to the analysts. Everything else they highlighted, they really, really went into detail about the Cheddar's acquisition around why they did it. Because within the category, I'll give you an example. So restaurants are, when you go to a restaurant, you have certain expectations around price and taste and food and quality. Cheddar's is a lower-priced but scratch-made kitchen experience that's a little bit lower check average than the Olive Gardens, the Longhorns, and they lay all this stuff out in their presentation versus the higher end would be the Capitol Grill and Seasons 52, Eddie V's, which have a much higher check average in that kind of experience. So they want to have a diversified portfolio to serve multiple demographics. In trailing 12 months, Cheddar's had 
just um, about $624 million in revenue, which is significant by itself. They've got room for growth. So far, they, they operate in, let's see, looks like about a little over half the United States. And they're project they're they're made this deal again to blend in better with their with more demographics and have a stronger foothold on the overall uh, restaurant market. So this is like kind of the main things. There's a bunch of other information here, but those are like the main things I see as far as the highlights. We talked about safety. We talked about their well safety. We talked about their beta, which is their measure of risk. We talked about their dividends. It's safe. They've got a higher payout ratio, but it could be attributed to their financials and the fact that they had to come out of pocket for a lot of assets, which they'll recover once Cheddar starts getting up and operated. Um, I would say like on like a 12-month period, that'll decrease um, that ratio as well. We talked about same-store sales. The last item, and we're going to jump off of the investor relations area, is the hostile takeover and why that was a significant piece in the last, um, it looks like 12 to 18 months. Starboard Value, which is run by Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith was an activist for a hedge fund. And they looked, they took an interest into Darden because they thought that the current management, CEO, the board was, let's just say behind, was, was asleep behind the wheel. They were driving a a ship they're driving a company but they weren't really growing it they weren't really doing the right things um, smith really took a aggressive approach against this which was very unprecedented on wall street the reason why i bring it up is it could happen to other companies why it was good for shareholders just on news of takeovers the stock started bumping up like seven ten percent and because of the things that they have done which he outlined in his thesis and analysis again that's jeff smith from starboard hedge fund, the company has grown over 50% when they were lagging for a good five years and kind of just stuck in the middle of the pack. He, he attacked their, their their strategy, attacked their financials, he attacked their food and their taste around what they were doing. I remember one thing he, he laughed about saying, Olive Garden, you're an Italian restaurant, are you really in the market of getting or making uh, fried lasagna bites? Is that really Italian? That's kind of an example of things that he was attacking. But he basically laid out a strategy where they could do some more creativity around their, their buildings and their leases, perhaps put it under a real estate investment trust. And all of that outside, I would say, influence and leadership allowed them to take a a large portion of the company so they could actually do a hostile takeover against Darden. They were successful in doing it. I think I want to say looking at the article here, but the most important thing is they influenced the board. They got a whole new CEO, got a whole new board in there and they changed the direction of the company and the shareholders are been rewarded because of that. These are something to kind of just keep an eye out for in the future for other items that come up because of these activists that, see that there's an opportunity to really make a dent in companies today. That's why I wanted to bring it up as far as um, an educational segment on other things to look out for when you might hear this in the news of why it's happening and know it's happening, but just understanding where those companies are coming from and why they feel like the current CEO 
and board might not have the best strategy for their consumers. So we went through all three steps. We introduced a new metric. We even talked about their conference call, and we talked about the hostile takeover. Darden fits right alongside uh, Honeywell, which we mentioned a few weeks back around a stable, safe investment. Obviously, their beta is pretty low. The one thing to look out for is if the market does turn negative, restaurants are one of the one of those companies that's going to get hit because if people start to lose some of their financial capital, they usually take it out on restaurants and they're not going out as often. So just something to be aware of as the market is a little little high, but it's, it should it's scheduled to run a little bit higher over the next. 12 to 18 months with some of the policies that Trump's going to put into place. So just like we talked about with Honeywell, Darden could be a scaled-in approach. If you're going to invest $5,000, maybe you want to scale that over um, 6 to 12 to 18 months, maybe even two years. That way you're buying the ebbs and flows, collecting the dividend, and improving from a dollar-cost averaging standpoint. So that's going to do it for us today. Um, we reviewed uh, Darden Restaurants. That, again, that stock symbol was DRI and went through all the stages. So if you have any questions or comments you want me to kind of talk about, my name is Alex Richwagon and my email, alex.richwagon at gmail.com. Visit the website at alexrichwagon.com and I'll see you next week. Thanks so much. Have a good day. Bye. Alex Richwagon is an investment research analyst. Any of his recommendations are that of Mr. Richwagon. The information presented is the opinion of his and only his research. You should not base your investment decision based solely on his opinion. Remember, it's your money and your responsibility.